Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. In a world where people need 80s and 90s movie reviews, two regular Geordies combine forces to bring you the Brother to Brother 80s and 90s movie review podcast. Check them out on Twitter, YouTube, and all decent podcast vendors. Welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I am the Jolly Jedi Pete, and making his fantastic, glorious return, we have Canon Junkie XL, Ian. Ian, it's great to have you back. How are you? I'm good, mate. It's been far too long since, obviously, we've done a podcast together. It's just life's getting in the way at the moment. I've got a uh, a wedding to plan. Uh, I'm doing a qualification at work, and there's not enough time in the day, to be honest. <laughs> I totally feel you, mate. Like, someone who just got married in August, um, you know, that was crazy getting that planned. And then by the time you get the wedding day, you have the wedding day, then you're away for your honeymoon. And then, then you come back and then you're back to work. You've got to catch up at work. Um, basically, all the gods in the world just need to make us work three days a week instead of five. And then that gives us two extra days to talk Star Wars. Definitely, mate. Yeah, for the same money as well. <laughs> Oh yes, of course. We don't want to be losing any more money. If we, no. if we, lo- if we lost more money, but we mean have to buy less Star Wars merchandise, which we don't want to be doing. Hundred percent, mate. Although my wife Louise will probably say, "Yes, have less money and buy less merchandise, please." Yeah, probably Lucy at the moment with uh, the wedding planning. Probably could do with me buying a little bit less Star Wars stuff. To be fair, <laughs> and that, plus I need a PS Five now because of what I've got announced the other day. Well, know. yes, that is going to be one of our talking points today. So we'll be getting to that shortly. Yeah. Um, but first up, I want to talk about, there's a Disney Plus day. It's going to be coming in early November, I reckon around November 10th, 12th. Um, and it's sort of a, it's going to be a day to celebrate the two-year anniversary of Disney Plus, I believe. Um, is it the two-year anniversary? Is it the three-year anniversary? I don't know. I'll lose track of time. Um, Not sure, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to celebrate the anniversary of, of Disney Plus. Um Oh, and now I'm just thinking, are they going to announce some new shows across all of their different IPs that day? And of course, what does that mean for Star Wars? Um, here's my thinking. I'm thinking, you know, November's coming up. I think we'll already have a Book of Boba Fett trailer and things like that. Um, I'm thinking, do we get... Obviously, Kenobi's done filming now. Do we get a teaser for Kenobi on this Disney Plus day? Do we get a teaser for Andor on this Disney Plus day? Um, do we get like a cast announcement for Ahsoka, the TV series, maybe? Um, sort of what's your thoughts on that and sort of what, what are you hoping we get from this Disney Plus news day? I take it this is a day, obviously, to sell Disney Plus, to celebrate Disney Plus. So I take it, I, I agree with you. I think the Book of Boba Fett trailer will already be out by then. Like I said, it comes out in December. I think leaving a trailer till November is a bit late. But no, I'm with you. I think we could potentially see. A little teaser for Kenobi. All you got to do is show Vader or something. <laughs> and then the uh, the internet will blow up. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think we'll get something for the, the projects that we know have done filming. So, I think Andor has rap filming, I think. And uh, so has Kenobi. Or maybe Kenobi hasn't, but I think I think they'll be, they might have enough to put together a teaser. We might get some release dates as well for Kenobi and Andor because they're both rumoured to be coming next year. Uh I'm trying to think. Mandalorian season three, maybe we get some news about that because that's that's filming in March next year, I think. I saw a rumor saying it was filmed in March next year, and uh, yeah, maybe we get some casting uh, casting announcements for the Ahsoka show. Maybe we get the Sabine Sabine Wren announcement, uh, who she might be being played by in the show, and uh, maybe we find out more about the acolyte. I think it'll be a day, and then potentially we could also. 
find out some shows that we don't know about yet because I have to assume that the shows announced are not the only shows they're working on. And there'll obviously be shows in the background that they are uh, preparing to announce whenever they get feel it's the right time to announce them. Yeah. So Kenobi has wrapped, apparently. Like, the speculation is saying Kenobi has wrapped. Um, Andor has wrapped. Um, so, yeah, I think like the next show to go into production will be The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, and then, obviously, they've got all these other shows in pre-production and development in the background. Um, most of... You know, the rumours of like, you know, not the rumours, but, you know, the Acolyte announcement, the Lando series announcement, there was a lot of announcements. Um, I don't think all those shows will say that a day. I think some will fall by the wayside in development, um, just just how things go. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Kenobi's wrapped, so they're probably working on post-production now, so I don't see why they couldn't drop us a trailer or a teaser um, and... Right, I agree with you. You know, if you get Hayden Christensen in there as Vader, that is how you break the internet. Imagine, you know, however long the clip is, you show the clip of the Kenobi series, and then it ends at the end, it fades to black, you hear the breathing, and then Vader comes on, and that's how you end it. And it would just, the internet would blow up straight away. Mass hysteria. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I think, you know, are they going to announce some series that, like, that haven't been announced yet? It's sort of, I don't know, I find it hard to think of what those shows could be because there's so much already being told to us about what we're getting. But the possibilities are endless and like, yeah, they could it could be they could announce any Star Wars show coming. They could announce the sort of continuation of the sequel trilogy characters and stories, which would be, you know, certainly fantastic for people who grew up with these stories and who love the sequel trilogy. Um so that could be something that gets announced. Or oh, this is going into production now. We'll see in three years. We'll see in five years with uh, Ray's story, with Finn's story, with um, what happened to the remnants of the Resistance. Were they able to become the new government? Is the First Order really gone, or was the other First Order fleets out there? Um, yeah. Because you've got to remember, go got remember the End of Rise of Skywalker. That's the Sith fleet that gets destroyed, the Final Order fleet, but... it. it, it Who's to say the rest of the first order is not like running around the galaxy? Um, so we could get like a continuation of that announced, which would be crazy, and, and create break that would probably break in there as well. Um, so so yeah, I think I think the possibilities are endless for Disney Plus Day when it comes. I think I hope they do use it to show us some stuff that's already done, like show us some Kenobi, show us some Andor, but I also hope they use it to announce some things that you know that they're just working on now, so they're gonna have nothing to show us but they can tell us what the idea, the premise, maybe who's attached to working on the project. Um, and if they get that mix right, it means our immediate desires are going to be met with this is what's coming next year. And then also our long-term desires are going to be met with this on the horizon though. Don't get too excited because you need to save some excitement for this coming in a couple of years' time. Um, so that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, obviously, as I mentioned, that Kenobi's done filming. Um, yeah. Sun Kang, best known for his role in everybody's second favourite franchise, Fast and Furious. Uh, he's spoken recently to Screen Rant about his experience film Kenobi. So he's, he's, seen, he's certainly finished his part in it. Like I said, I do believe that, uh, that the production is, is wrapping up. Um, he talks about sort of how his character has a lightsaber. Yeah, Inquisitors. I'm led to believe. I saw the rumour a while back that he's potentially playing the fifth brother, obviously from Star Wars Rebels. So so confirmed, he, he said this week that he, his character has a lightsaber. Oh, did he? So wow. That, yeah. Yeah, so that is conf- 100% confirmed. His character has a lightsaber. So now it's a case of, is this guy playing a Jedi? Is he playing a Sith? Is he playing a rogue Jedi? Is he playing a lost Jedi? Is he playing a Inquisitor, like you've just said? Um, so yeah, but confirmed, he said on tape, that his character has a lightsaber, which I think is very exciting. Are we going to see the Inquisitors getting owned by Kenobi? I have to think, like, if we're going to have Kenobi versus Vader, I think we'll have Inquisitors first, obviously, as the first threat, and then Vader probably will get wind that he's Kenobi's alive, and uh, Vader will come after Obi-Wan, and then, like, apparently, we'll, like Kathleen Kennedy said, we'll get the uh, rematch of the century. But if he's if he's confirmed to be playing the lightsaber, I did I did see the rumor a while back. Like I said, that he's playing the fifth brother, and uh, I just think live action Inquisitors would be uh, would be amazing. That'd be really a cool idea. Uh, I loved him in Star Wars Rebels. Obviously, we got him in Jedi Fallen Order with uh, the second sister and the ninth sister. 
And uh, no, I just think it'd be really cool. Just uh, like little things like this, just bring the hype up for these shows. And like I said, uh, I would love to see him be an Inquisitor. I did have a thought. I did have a thought the other day. I'm currently reading the Star Wars Legacy comics, and uh, there's a Jedi on Tatooine after Order sixty six called Asherad Het, who eventually becomes Darth Krayt. But I don't think that'll be in the show. I think that's a bit. <laughs> I think that'll be a bit of a deviation. But yeah, uh, it'd be cool to see. Uh, Sun Kang is the fifth brother. That's potentially who he's playing. Yeah, I think I think the Inquisitors. You know, they look so good in animation. The cool, the evil, like they have that sort of that killer factor oozes out of them in the design. But I think seeing them in live action, I think it will blow our blow our minds. Um, and you know, I've just my mind's just sort of ran away with itself there as you were speaking, and as you mentioned about Kenobi and. How does he get to Vader? What if the Inquisitors like couldn't find Kenobi by accident? But then but then Kenobi loses them. What if Kenobi like follows the Inquisitor back to Vader? Yeah, like I said, the uh, the the Inquisitor's uh, headquarters is just next door to Mustafar, so definitely so that would be that would be awesome. Something that like you brought something up as well about Kathleen Kennedy's um quote of the rematch of the century is what we're gonna get in Kenobi. Obviously, when she said that, the show was not in production yet. Um, I don't believe any scripts were finished yet. There was no, so it was still sort of in 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 development phase. We're going to do it. These guys are signed on. Um, I worry that sort of, you know, you're bringing Hayden back and you're bringing Kenobi back. So, like the tagline you would say would be rematch of the century, but but do, are we actually going to get them fighting each other in the way she's describing there? And I just I'm trying to check myself just in case we don't get it. So I don't want to have too my, I don't want to have my hopes too high. Even though they're saying it, I'm just thinking, oh, like, did you say that because she's excited, or did you say that because she's actually like seen the concept out of them fighting? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure though if she said that, she would have a good idea that we'd see them two fighting. But I'm I'm with you. There's, I will not believe anything until I see it on screen. I know people have always hung to that line in uh, A New Hope where he says you shouldn't have come back. So there is obviously room for them to have a confrontation. Uh, I think I think it'll be... Uh, if it does happen, like I said, if it does, it's a big pinch of salt. If it does happen, it will be absolutely amazing. I don't think I'll, I'll be able to uh, contain my excitement when uh, I'm watching it on a Wednesday morning in my house. I'll be screaming. But... Uh, yeah, definitely. And an uh, interesting thing you were saying about the Inquisitors as well, I saw a story the other day that they were filming in a pool in uh, Los Angeles and uh, the Inquisitors' headquarters is underwater. I've seen a Jedi Fallen Order. Whether that has a connection to that, who knows? Yep, maybe it's the Fortress Inquisitors or maybe we return Naboo and we're going to uh, Othagunga, the capital of the Gungans. Well, that'd be sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. There's, if, we, if we did a Twitter poll about what what would you rather see, I guarantee the Inquisitor Fortress is going to win. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. But <laughs> it would be it would be awesome to go back to uh, Octogunga. I yeah, uh, I love the Phantom Menace. So anytime we can go back to a place that we saw in the Phantom Menace, I'd be happy. It'd be great. Obviously, there was the rumors that Jar Jar was going to be in the show. I think there's certainly room for that. I think you know, you know, where, where, what does George R. do during the Imperial days? Um, Obviously, we had that one chapter in Aftermath: Empire's End where he was a street performer in uh, in Theed on the Boo, and obviously everyone uh, had ostracised him because they thought he was part of the plot by the uh, Emperor to take over the thing. Because obviously, he's the one who gives Palpatine the uh, powers in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. So they were, it, it confused me a bit because uh, it was quite sad, to be fair. <laughs> well, it, it was quite sad. Also, that's like after the Empire's fallen, I think, when yeah. that takes place. So I think at the minute, people may think that about him, but they're probably not brave enough to go against him if they think he is linked to the Empire. So oh, like, yeah. he's probably just sort of living his life unaware of, any, of all of this because you know what he's like. So it'll be interesting to see if he does sort of bump into Kenobi. Or, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't have a lot of friends left. But like Jar Jar's one of his friends, and his Jar Jar is alive. So like, does he go looking for Jar Jar at some point? Did, did the bump into Jar by accident? 
which is probably what will happen with Jojo. That's, that's his life story, isn't it? 100%, mate. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, I could definitely see that being a uh, a thing. Uh, like I said, Ahmed Best is obviously quite well in with Disney now. We did the Jedi Temple Challenge. So I assume if they wanted him to do Jar Jar again, he would. I know, obviously, he had the, didn't have a great experience with it, but I think... I think he would do the character again if he uh, had the opportunity. Yeah, I, I think he would too. I think obviously you know the the amount of sort of online abuse that and this was this goes back in nineteen ninety nine. You know this is before Twitter and things out, and it happened then. And it goes to poisonous people will find any means necessary to be horrible to people. Um, you know the the abuse that he all my best took himself, um, and that you know Jake Lloyd who played Anakin Skywalker that minute took as well. You know really did plague on their lives. That's why, you, you know, even if, whatever it is you don't like about something, you, you, you don't go after creators, you don't go after actors, like, just, just don't like it, fair enough. Be critical of it, you know, fair enough. But, like, don't go after people, like, real people who who are really alive, do you know what I mean? Look at Jake Lloyd, you know, he's he's probably the least fortunate one where, you know, he's he's been in a really bad place and, like, you know, he's never come out and spoke about it, but, like, you can guarantee that. The abuse he took after the Phantom Menace is definitely a factor. Um, you know, all my best spoke about you know like contemplating his life, yeah. like legitimately. Um, but you know, at celebration in Chicago, he was back for the anniversary panel. He got the most awesome reception ever. He had a great weekend. Um, because the people who watch those movies as kids are adults now, and guess what? They don't hate him. And that's who's got the biggest voice right now. So it's a case of he really could feel the love. So I think, yeah, I think he definitely would come back if that was if that was going to be an idea. So maybe there's an episode where, I mean, I've heard Kenobi's going to be not a lot of episodes, maybe four or six. Um, so maybe there's going to be a, an episode where Kenobi and George Bump with George would be, I will be up for that, absolutely wonderful. Um, speaking of TV series, obviously Ahsoka. You know, we're ex- with Mandalorian season three going into production early next year, it's sort of setting up this storyline for Throne and this, you know, this hair to the Empire type situation we're going to get um, in the sort of Disney plus Star Wars universe. Um, so I, I'm expecting that there's going to be some casting announced of that soon. Obviously, we know who Ahsoka is, Rosario Dawson. Um, did you watch AEW this week? AEW Dynamite, the wrestling show? I did not, mate, no. Rosario Dawson jumped the guardrail to defend Cody Rhodes. Did she? <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. She's on she's on Team Rhodes against that nasty Malachi Black, formerly known as Alistair Black from WWE. Alright, yeah. So yeah, so I, I found that like I mean I'm I'm loving wrestling at the minute. It's one of the best absolutely chaotic, awesome times to be a wrestling fan. You know, Sam Punk's back, Brian Dallas is back, Adam Cole's jump ship. It's crazy. Um Big E's now the WWE champion, it's gone mental. And then I was flicking through Twitter and it was like, Rosario Dawson jumps the guardrail. I was like, what? Like, am I half asleep? Or you just combined two of my favourite things in the world, like Star Wars and wrestling. Um, yeah. But no, but it's legit. I haven't watched it yet because um, it doesn't air in the UK or Friday night, Saturday night. Um, but yeah, on Wednesday night, Dynamite, Rosario Dawson jumped the guardrail. She had part of Team Team Rhodes, the Nightmare Factory. Um, so that was quite fun and interesting, I thought. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I can't wait for Ahsoka. I think, like I said, I've always said that. Uh, I believe that the because they all said that the Mandalorian is obviously building to some sort of final event, and I really do feel that it's going to be uh, obviously a canon version of the Thrawn trilogy. Obviously, from the uh, from the old Legends days, at the Empire, uh, Dark Force Rising, and the Last Command. Obviously, it was the first, not the first, but the major opening for the EU. And people love those books. I remember when uh, I remember when uh, they announced Episode Seven. There was obviously everyone was going around saying, "Oh, is it going to be heir to the Empire?" That's how much people obviously love these uh, love these books. So I do believe we're, that's what we're building to. I'm really excited to see. Uh, obviously, if that's the case, who takes up what role in the story? Because obviously, there's different. Obviously, in the in the books, you have Mara Jade, uh, Talon Card, and all those type of characters. I don't think they will be in it. But I am looking forward to this, whatever this Mandalorian is building to, if you know what I mean. 
definitely. And you know, he has a little fact for you. I think it's the thirtieth anniversary of Hate of the Empire this year. It is nineteen ninety one came out. Yeah, so I think like it came out around now. I think in nineteen ninety one. So thirty years ago, this book came out, and then it's now getting a fresh lease of life. It's been re released. As we know, Star Wars has a double dip us. It's been re released in a new, new delicious paperback cover. Um, and then obviously we're sort of getting the storylines sort of refed into into our modern Star Wars canon as well. Um, so never been more alive. What we could say about here at the Empire. Definitely, mate. Sort of, obviously, with the Ahsoka show, we know we're going to get Ahsoka. Uh, you know, if we're contemplating what the story is going to be, is it going to be searching for Ezra, searching for Thrawn? Um, you know, we've heard casting rumours of both Ezra. Um, casting rumours are apparently that Ezra's being played by the, the guy who played uh, Aladdin in Disney's live action, the guy Richie directed. Um, yeah, me and Disney's, li- Disney's live action, Aladdin, yeah, him. And then also that... Um, that the voice actor who portrayed Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels will be coming back to play Thrawn in live action as well as the other rumour. Yeah. Um, apart from those two, who, who who are you sort of wanting to see? Um, do you think we'll see, you know, it's an Ahsoka TV series. When I think back to who Ahsoka's sort of best friends are, I think Barra Sophie, although they became enemies at the end, you know, they had a, you know, they were linked together for a lot of episodes of Clone Wars. Um, obviously, we don't know what happened to Barris. Um, so, like, do we possibly see her sort of come across Barris and we find out what Barris is doing? If Barris is alive, that would be really interesting, I think. Um, do we see Ahsoka visit other Force users? Um, is there any other clones out there who survived, who she's friends with, who should go and visit? Um, sort of, who would you want to see out of characters we know, like, pop up in this series? I remember seeing a rumour that uh, Barisoffi, they were casting Barisoffi for the Ahsoka show. So that that's very interesting. I would love to see that. And Dave Filoni did say all those years back after what had happened in the Clone Wars that he wasn't finished with Barisoffi. So whether this is a way to bring her in into the Ahsoka show. Obviously, we'll have to get the explanation of where she's been for the whole uh, Galactic Civil War and all that type of thing. But uh, yeah, Barisoffi would be one. Uh, Sabine Wren. Obviously, there was rumours of her being cast the other day. I can't remember who, who was the front runner because they haven't cast her yet, but there was a front runner. But I think if it's doing the search for Ezra, you have to you have to include Sabine because she was uh, that was the last thing we saw in Star Wars Rebels, and uh, it's obviously been confirmed that it well not been confirmed. It's obviously been confirmed in reference books that they went into the unknown regions looking for them. Uh, so yeah, Barisoffi, Sabine Wren. Uh, you got Tamura there. Uh, age him up. He can play Captain Rex. Obviously. Ahsoka, he's, he's alive after the uh, Battle of Endor. So that'll be good to see uh, Ahsoka meet Captain Rex in live action. I'll always be waiting for the day we see uh, Ahsoka Tano meet Luke Skywalker, whether they do that through the uh, deep fake technology they used at the end of the Mandalorian season two or whether they recast him. But I think if they use I think if they use the deep fake in the Mandalorian season two then I think they will do that again if we were to get a meeting between Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker. And then after that, I'm just thinking it'd be good to see uh, Harrison Dooler in live action, whether she goes with them to look for Ezra. I think seeing uh, Zeb in live action would be quite interesting. Yeah, I wonder how you... Do you think Zeb would be all prosthetics or do you think it would be CGI? Oh, it'd be hard, that one. Obviously, I'm no... Uh, CGI expert, so I don't know how hard that would be to make a full uh, CGI uh, Zeb. Uh, you'd have to have someone very tall to play him. <laughs> and here's the kicker for you. Obviously, if we're going to see Hera Sendula, do we see Jason Sendula? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think there's room for that. Obviously, that's one of the big questions that was left, apart from the search for Ezra, of uh, what happens to Jason Sendula. Obviously, after we see him in Rebels, is because he... you could we could see that we could see you know we're going to assume that Jason is force sensitive because of his parent father. So, like, does Ahsoka have some sort of role in his early development with the Force? Maybe, yeah. Like, uh, like Luke says in the Mandalorian about Grogu training with uh, talent without training is nothing. Obviously, you can be a danger to yourself. So, whether maybe Ahsoka, obviously, she knew Kanan, she had a relationship with Kanan. 
maybe she uh, takes on showing him the ways of the force. Maybe maybe not as anything as official as a uh, an apprentice, but maybe she does show him the ways of the force on all that type of thing. But I think yeah, that'd be that'd be really interesting if we saw the uh, anyone anyone really from Star Wars Rebels because all obviously they all have a relationship with uh, Ezra. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, 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 the possibilities are endless for the Ahsoka show, I think. Like, they really could give us any combination of things, um, and it would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, very, very exciting. Do you think Ahsoka will be the next show to go into production? Yeah, well, after Mandalorian, yeah, probably, I would have yeah. thought so, yeah. Because I still think, I got the impression that the Acolyte is still quite a way away. Uh, Lando, I don't think they didn't even announce Donald Glover for Lando, so I don't know how far along they are with the Lando show. So yeah, I'll probably be led to believe that it will be Ahsoka. Obviously, they've already got Ahsoka cast; she's already appeared, so it's a lot easier. You don't have to go for the rigmarole of casting her. Obviously, you have to cast some of the more the supporting characters in that show. But no, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think uh, Ahsoka will probably be the next one after Mandalorian season three because they're all, like I said, they probably have to do them in a specific order anyway if they're all building to one event. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, moving on from that, um, obviously we hinted at it at the top of the show. Lucasfilm Games has announced a remake of Knights of the Old Republic coming exclusively to PlayStation 5, which I find very strange because I'm sure it was exclusive to Xbox when it first came out. Is that right? Oh, I can't remember that. Probably. Yeah, I'd probably led to believe it probably was back in the day, yeah. So it sort of did a switcheroo from Xbox to PlayStation. Uh what were your thoughts on on getting the remake? And do you th- I, I mean, obviously, I assume you're excited because I think we were all, all very excited about getting a awesome story driven Star Wars game coming to next generation console like PlayStation Five. Um, so, what are you what are your thoughts on getting this type of game? And then also, what are your thoughts on will it be a frame by frame remake or is it going to be a little bit different? Do you think? I'm hugely excited. Nice little public's one of my favorite games. Uh, Star Wars games ever, so it's hugely exciting just to get that story retold with all like the new technology, new graphics, and all that type of thing. I'm l- probably leaning towards they might rejig some of the story to maybe I don't know. Obviously, I'm probably leaning towards it pretty staying Legends at the moment, but if they rejig some of the story to make it a uh, canon, that'd be amazing. Uh, Darth Revan, Darth Malak, uh, Basila Shan, and all that are some of the most favourite characters of the old EU. So I think it, I think it's, uh, it's already been confirmed as well. The person who played Jennifer Hale is coming back to play Basila Shan. Obviously, do the voice for Basila Shan. And uh, but no, uh, amazing news. I didn't to be. I saw the rumours of obviously being being made. I was like, I don't really believe it. Like I said, because they don't seem to be, they don't seem to be interested in retelling legend stories like like retelling stories from legends. But I think it's hugely exciting. I think this opens the door for potentially some of the more popular legends games, potentially getting retold or maybe sequels like the force unleashed three. I think if they're more than prepared to do a Knights of the old Republic remake, they see how it sells and they see these stories sell because they're real. Knights of the Republic is one of the best star Wars stories ever told. And if, if no one's played it, I would wait until the, uh, until the remake comes out, because you won't be disappointed. The story is really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, uh, hugely exciting. PS5 thing a bit's annoyed me a bit, because I've got an Xbox, so now I'm going to have to find money for a PS5. But uh, to be fair, I don't think uh, the, the remake will be out for a couple of years, so I've got a couple of years to wait, to be fair. Yeah, they haven't they haven't announced a release date, have they, yet? No, we obviously just got the teaser, because I remember I didn't see... I, didn't, I wasn't watching the PlayStation Showcase, because obviously I haven't got a PS5, and then I... Looked on Twitter halfway through my shift and obviously saw the still images of Revan and all that type of thing. And I was like, oh my God. And then, yeah, and I saw exclusive to PS5. I was like, oh, right, it's okay. But uh, to be fair, I was always planning on getting a PS5 eventually, but this is obviously just sped up the uh, time that I might need to uh, get one. But yeah, no, there's no release date. I would probably believe they're not too far along. As for your question about it being a frame for frame, Retelling, I think, I think the majority of the story will stay the same, but if they want to make it canon, they could potentially just 
jimmy a few things to uh, make it fit into the canon because people have been wanting a Knights of the Old Republic movie, TV series. So if they just turn around and say, right, we've made a few adjustments and this is now canon, I think people will be very happy. What's the what's the most like important thing you're looking forward to be able to do in Knights of the Republic remake? Like, what's your favorite part from the original game that you want to sort of reenact in the new one? Oh, just uh, just going around the galaxy. I can't wait to see all the locations that were in the game. Like back then, you thought these graphics are amazing. Like going back to Tatooine, going to Kashyyyk, going to Lahan, and all that type of thing. And just and obviously, there's the big twist at the end of the game. But I won't ruin for anyone. Uh, I would like to see that. But just seeing, but just seeing all that updated, new graphics, better technology. Because I do think the one change they will make, I don't think it'll be turn-based like the combat was in the old Knights of the Republic. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. It'll be a smoother, yeah. faster system, I think. But I think it'll still be awesome. Uh, I think it'll still be very much being able to sort of... Um, you'll be able to sort of choose a strategy and like build your character throughout the game to fight a certain way that you want to, but I think, yeah, I think it'll be less turn-based and more more fluid. Yeah, like I said, uh, see, see if they see how this sells, I do think it will sell very well, this Knights of the Old Republic remake, and it does give it does give you hope for other other properties that obviously were dropped. I'm one of the biggest Force Unleashed fans there is. I would love to get Force Unleashed 3. And to be honest, sometimes we get bogged down on what's canon, what's canon. If they just said, look, we're just going to make the Force Unleashed 3, it's not canon, but here it is. Just enjoy. I think there's room to do stuff like that. I think it would, I think stuff like that would make a lot of money. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes I love I loved canon. I read most of the canon, but sometimes I do. Sometimes it is a bit frustrating when it's like, oh, we can't tell the, like, you can tell these stories. It just doesn't have to be canon. I know that might cause confusion for some people, but to be honest, the people who bother about canon are people like me and you who are super Star Wars nerds. Like the the. Uh, the average gamer who says, oh, Force Unleashed 3, I remember playing the original uh, and play it. They don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think like, you hit the nail on the head there. Like The people who the people who understand about the canon or the people who are that far involved where, because I know what's what, I don't mind, like, I wouldn't mind playing something that's not canon because it would probably be really fun, really cool, uh, enjoy it, but then I know that it's not, so it's all right. It won't affect other things, you know what I mean? Where so, yeah, you, you're right there. Like the, the people who that would affect, it doesn't affect them because because we know we're dialed into it. So 100 percent, man. Um, out of the, out of the ninety percent, out of the hundred percent of people, what ten percent probably no. And I get I get sometimes why people get angry with like retcons in canon and all that. But I see like sometimes when there's a continuity error and all that type of thing. You have to be like, and they've got how many books, how many movies, how many TV shows, how many comics. There's always going to be a continuity issue with the canon. So you just have to enjoy what you enjoy. That's why I've taken that philosophy a bit more now. I just enjoy it now. If there's something that doesn't completely line up, it's not really a big deal to me. Obviously, they retconned a bit of Kanan's backstory in The Bad Batch, but I get that because out of how many people watch The Bad Batch, I bet... 5% of them have read the Kanan comic. So sometimes it's nice. Sometimes, like you say, sometimes it's nice to just go, you know what, this isn't canon. Just enjoy. The Force Unleashed was always bonkers. Galen Marrick, I do laugh when people say he's overpowered. I'm like, yes, of course he's overpowered. It's a game about the Force being unleashed and it was just a fun game. Of course he's overpowered. And if they were ever to bring him into canon, I'm fully aware that they probably have to nerf his abilities quite substantially because <laughs> he can't be pulling Star Destroyers down from the orbit and defeating the Emperor and Vader and all that. But no, if they just turned around and said, this is a story, it's not in the canon timeline, but people have wanted it. Because I genuinely believe if they were to make the Force Unleashed 3, people would freak out. Because people love those games. If you know what I mean. Yeah, and in the second game, I always felt a bit robbed of like, I thought the levels we got was awesome, but then it ended just so quickly. Yeah, I remember right. reading. I remember reading an article about that, and they said, "Yeah, they did rush it out because obviously the first game was so successful; it sold a bunch load of uh, copies, and I think they rushed it out. And then I heard the premise for Force Unleashed Three, what it was going to be, and uh, it sounded really cool. So yeah, but like I said, I've, uh, there's a long history of Star Wars games that have been announced and not made it to light. 
Star Wars 1313, that will always break my heart. That, that We never got that game because it looks so cool. And I would just sometimes, even, and to be fair, with games, I think you've got a lot more wiggle room to say, look, these aren't canon, they're just fun. Not everything, like I said, not everything has to be canon. We can have stories that uh, don't get into, obviously get bogged down by what is canon or that type of thing. Because a lot of people still love the old Star Wars Legends days and some of them stories are top-tier Star Wars. And if we got a continuation of that timeline as well, I don't see the harm in it at all. Definitely. And speaking of it being exclusively on PlayStation 5, so it is going to be exclusive on PlayStation 5 and PC, but it is a timed exclusive. So that means in the future, maybe it's a year, two years, but after it comes out, there'll be a certain amount of time. We don't know what that time is yet. It might be a year, year and a half, two years. Then after that point, it will come out possibly on Xbox in the future um, and other platforms. So, I mean, you probably still have to get a PlayStation 5 because I couldn't imagine you waiting no, two no, years no, after no. it comes out. I'm not waiting. Having it all spoiled for you. I'm not waiting. So Sony's got our money. They've got it. They have. have a, uh, we just obviously... Uh, our bonus at work's just been increased potentially if we get it. And I've already said to our last, if I get that bonus, £350 of that's already cordoned off for a PS5. So Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, moving on from that, um, it's been announced that uh, Lawrence Kasdan, of course, screenwriter for, you know, The Empire Strikes Back for Solo Star Wars Story, um, part of the screenwriting team on The Force Awakens. Um, he is producing a documentary. It's a documentary on George Lucas and Industrial Light and Magic, apparently. Um, so, yeah, he's working on a documentary series. It's going to be about George Lucas and Industrial Light and Magic, ILM. Um, we don't know who's commissioned the show, so we don't know if it's going to be on Disney+, Plus or is it is it for something else? Is it not related to Disney? Um, but, yeah, uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So, the, the news came from um, James Newton Howard, of course, the... Uh, award-winning composer um you know he he composed on Lawrence Kasdan's directional movies um since 1994's Wide Herb um so there's no release date for the project but essentially what what James Newton Howard said he was asking him about something um on Score the podcast uh, which is done by Collider um uh, that's some sort of just what he's working on, and he just dropped this bombshell. No one heard. He said, "Oh, essentially, he's, he's finished scoring a documentary that Lawrence Kasdan's been working on." Uh, he revealed the documentary will be a six-part series focused on George Lucas and Industrial Light and Magic. Um, so that's I mean, I love George Lucas. I love learning about George Lucas. I think the behind-the-scenes stuff we get from Star Wars, especially you know in the Lucas era, uh, was fantastic. So this is going to be more of that, which I'm really excited about. Um, so I can't wait to get this documentary. Um, so wherever it airs, I'll be buying it. Hopefully it's on Disney Plus. I already own, but we will find out. Um, what's your thoughts on on this documentary? Yeah, it's always uh, it's always fascinating to get uh, a closer look at George Lucas. Obviously, he's one of the most, if not the most, definitely up there in the top top three or five influential people in the history of film. Obviously, in the modern era, he everyone. All like a whole generation of filmmakers grew up with obviously his stuff with Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all that type of thing. And he's just the man's a genius, there's not really much more you can say about it. Like, he's the reason we're here now talking about Star Wars. And for him, I'll always be grateful. He's they're my favorite films of all time. So, any anything I can watch about George, uh, and I'm glad he's happy in retirement. And obviously, yeah, that's all I can really say about him. Mate. There's not really much more I can add after that. He's just. The man's a living legend. Yeah, I think if, if you look at sort of what he did for cinema and for storytelling, um, it's unparalleled. You cannot tell the story of modern cinema without George Lucas. Um, if you look at the work that ILM does now, like you know, it, it yeah. it's it's done all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, it's done all the all the Marvel movies, um, to name two big franchises. But there's way more it's done. Um, you know, the de aging process that we've seen in. The Marvel movies in Star Wars, in um, in Martin Scorsese's the Irish, uh, the Irish, the Irishman, uh, you know, 
you know, it's all down to him and starting this company and pushing this company and developing this company, company ILM. So I'm hoping the documentary is going to be how George Lucas and ILM, George Lucas's child, essentially, uh, changed the world of cinema for the better. Um, my opinion, George is one of the greatest storytellers that ever lived. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether he actually himself appears in the documentary. Obviously, since he since he sold the film to Disney, he's mostly retired. Um, he spends most of his time with his family, uh, and he's been obviously developing the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art, which is under construction in Los Angeles at the minute, which is going to be very exciting. I can't wait to go there when it opens. That's, that's been quite a big deal. It's not just a museum of narrative art, but it also has a lot of um, like art programs programming to it for the for students and for the for the uh, community around it as well. It's like a big yeah. community project. Um, so yeah, I'm just really excited to get a six part series on George Lucas. I'm excited to, to learn about his beginnings more, um, learn about what he's doing now more, learn about some of the struggles and the successes of Star Wars and his and his other stories. Um, I just can't wait. Um, like I said, I just hope it comes out on on Disney Plus where I've already got the subscription. But um, who who knows? Who knows where it's going to come? I heard somewhere that Lawrence Kasdan's directing this, but it's it's not confirmed. We just know he's working on it. Um, yeah. So stay tuned for more on that. Have you got a favorite Star Wars behind the scenes featurette or or behind the scenes documentary? Uh, I used to remember the old featurettes we used to get for the obviously the prequels. Well, yeah. For me, the the ex, the special features on the prequels yeah. are unparalleled. Yeah. Until the Lord of the Rings came along with their like appendices, and I think that's where they got the idea from was from George. Um, but I think yeah, the the behind the scenes extras on the prequel DVDs, absolutely game changing in sort of yeah. behind the scenes footage. I think yeah, if anyone who hasn't watched them, I think you can still get most of them on YouTube as well. If you obviously haven't got access to the DVDs because they're a bit uh, obsolete now, to be fair. But no, anyone who wants to watch them, uh, no, they're really they're really uh, good. You also get a lot into what George was thinking when he was making the prequels, and uh, no, yeah, like I said, I'd not really much more I can add about it. He's like you said, he's probably the greatest storyteller of all time, and super generous of what he does. He's always looking to give back with his charity work and all that type of thing. I think he gave most of the money he made from Star Wars to charity. To be fair, from selling Star Wars to Disney to charity. To be fair, so not just a uh, one of a kind story maker, but a decent, a very decent human being as well. Oh, definitely. Moving back to uh, Rosario Dawson, so I was a bit reading there. So Rosario Dawson was just in the front row, and I think she's friends with Cody Rhodes. I think they've, they've done some, um, they've done some reality TV together. I think on TNT, um, which is a channel over in America. Um, so she was in the front row wearing a um, Nightmare Family hoodie or Night- Nightmare Family tracksuit, which is. Cody Rhodes is stable in AEW wrestling. Um, so Alistair Black, who's been feuding with Cody in recent weeks, well, since he made his debut, really, in, in AEW, um, spotted it and called her out. Um, so she jumped the guardrail, and then Cody's come down from the top of the arena. But then before Cody could get there, Rosario's like jumped on the back of Malachi Black. Uh, I don't know what else happened, but... Uh, so, yeah, so Rosario's... Jumped the guardrail and gotten physical with wrestlers, which I think is fantastic. Obviously, that will all be planned. Obviously, as we know, yeah. the world of predetermined wrestling. But I think like, the fact that, like, obviously, she must be friends with Cody, I'm assuming. And obviously, she's up for, like, yeah, I'll get involved. I'll do a bit of physicality with these dudes. Um, a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch that when it airs in the UK at the weekend. Yeah. No, yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be really interesting. I said. Uh, yeah, like, wrestling at the moment does sound a bit crazy. I've watched a few things recently, uh, obviously, with CM Punk and all that. But, it's not it's just I'm not as into it as I used to be. But no, there's the odd thing that does draw me back in the Roman Reigns of the world, the same punks. So uh yeah. But no, it's really interesting to see Rosario obviously training for a soccer by uh getting into wrestling. No, definitely, definitely. That pretty much wraps up all the news stories that I had to talk about uh this week, Ian. Is there anything you want to chat about? No, like I said uh, earlier, I was uh I'm currently uh, listening to the unabridged new version of the Rogue Squadron uh, audio book, which is really good because obviously they're doing this. Obviously, you already mentioned it previously with all the Air to the Empire. They're doing the Essential Legends collection where they are releasing 
the best of Star Wars legends. And uh, I've never read the Rogue Squadron books. I've heard people obviously wax lyrical about them. And uh, I haven't really got time at the moment to read them. So I'm just, uh, I've got it on when I'm walking the dog or uh, driving to work. And uh, I'm really enjoying them. Like I said, they're really, they're really good. I've, I've enjoyed them uh, immensely at the moment. Uh, and the next wave of books, because at the moment, they've, the first wave was At the Empire, Shatterpoint. Uh, still one as well. And the first Darth Bane book, uh, Darth Bane Past Destruction. And then the second wave now, which is uh, Rogue Squadron. The second Darth Bane book, which is oh, Rule of Two. And there's another one as well. I can't oh, it's uh, Last Command and uh, Dark Force Rising. And then they just announced that the third wave will be Kenobi, Darth Plagueis. The second book in the X-Wing novels, which is uh, Wedge's Gamble. And the last Darth Bane book, Dynasty of Evil. But if anyone wants... If anyone hasn't read read Legends and that, I, I would uh, I would I would highly recommend either getting the new book. I'm picking up the new copy of Rogue Squadron uh, on the thirtieth. That's when they release in the UK. But uh, anyone who because the uh, the old audio books weren't. I don't to be honest. I don't know what unabridged means, but I'm guessing it means the, the story's more complete. Because I remember listening to the old audio book versions and stuff would be missing in that, and you'd only get half the story. It was a bit confusing. Uh, so yeah, I'm going over the unabridged version of Rogue Squadron at the moment. Obviously, looking forward to the Rogue Squadron movie, seeing what they take out of potentially what they might take out of. I don't think obviously it's not going to be a retelling of that story in Legends, but what they take from that. But no, yeah, that's why that's currently what I'm doing at the moment. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I think as well just from a marketing point of view, like even if the Rogue Squadron movie's got nothing to do with the Rogue Squadron books, yeah. if those books are on shelves. It means that people will see them, and then when the movie poster comes out, people are like, oh, Rogue Squadron movie? Oh, yeah, the Rogue Squadron book, I've seen that. And it's sort of like, it's a little bit of a connection, even yeah. if the people don't even read the books. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's, I, I, I get it from a marketing point of view. I get it why you'd release the Kenobi book. People are going to be going crazy about the Kenobi series, and then they'll see the Kenobi book, and they'll be like, oh, what's this? And then I buy it again. It's all about making money. Um, and yeah, the Kenobi book's going to be different than the Kenobi series, but... People are going to link the two and spend the money on it, which is, you know, the end game really of that's, any business. Um, that's not a bad point actually, because like you said, we we think they're building to a Thrawn trilogy, so they've released the Thrawn trilogy legend books. Obviously, we're getting a Kenobi show; they're releasing the Kenobi book. Uh, obviously, we're getting a Rogue Squadron movie; they've released one and two books of that. So maybe they're releasing the Darth Bane trilogy. Maybe do we get a Darth Bane show? Well. Maybe that's all linked in Acolyte, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And plus, obviously, Knights of the Old Republic and all that thing is... Like, Star Wars Legends, when it's when it's good, it's great. Like, some of the best stories in Star Wars Legends are up there with some of the best Star Wars stories ever told. And like I said, like I said earlier about uh, the Knights of the Old Republic remake, like, if you've never... If you just read the canon, and, but you want to know where to get started in Legends, this Legends collection is great, and you can read them... And they are great stories, and obviously, the canon has taken things from certain legend stories, thrown what brought into Rebels, and all that type of thing. And I think, yeah, if you were, if you're interested in getting into Star Wars Legends, uh, look at the Essential Legends collection. And I would, I would recommend if you've got Audible, listening to the audiobook versions because the audiobooks, the Star Wars audiobooks, are really good. The production on them are great. Mark Thompson is uh, one of the one of the voices I most assume with Star Wars now because of his work with all the, he does all the Star Wars. He does, I think he does pretty much all, maybe he doesn't do all of them, but he does most of them. The, uh, the uh, narration for the audio books and he, his voice is just synonymous with Star Wars with me as well. No, definitely. Um, moving on from that, the last thing we're going to talk about, merchandise. Have you been spending any dollars on any Star Wars toys or merchandise lately? I have the only thing currently at the moment, like I said, obviously we got into the start of the podcast, I'm uh, obviously saving for a wedding, so I don't have a lot of room in the budget for uh, for buying uh, Star Wars stuff at the moment. Once the wedding's uh, paid for and we get married and that, it might change. But no, I've got the DAF, I've got the General Grievous 2003 Black Series one coming out. You know, they're doing the, you know, they're doing the 2003 Clone Wars Black Series figures. Yep. The General Grievous. There's no image of it yet. It's just a cartoon. But I've got that pre-ordered because I love General Grievous and that show. And I've also got the... Uh, the uh, What do they call it? You know the collection of Black Series figures that they've re-released? Is it like the Vault or something? 
Ooh, I've got one in front of us. The archives. The archives, yes. The Black yeah. Series archives. I've got the Darth Revan one coming out in November. That's the only two ones I've got on at the moment. But I do think when they finally, because this is the one thing. This is the one thing I I do have a bit of a bone to pick with Hasbro. Uh, is it Hasbro? Yeah, it's Hasbro made the Black Series. Marvel seemed to have <laughs> the stuff that was in the previous week already made. There's already Zemo figures and all that. We when did Mandalorian come out? A year ago, a year and a half ago, and we still haven't got a Cobb Vamp or a Fennec Shand or a like the new Boba Fett figures that are apparently in the pipeline. So yeah. When the new Fennec Shand uh, and Boba Fett figures and Cobb Van ones come out, I might have to take a punt on them, to be fair, because, oh, you know how excited I was for Cobb Van. I'd, I'd love that character. Since I first read the Aftermath trilogy, I was like, this character is great. And then, like, like I thought, oh, there's no chance we'll ever see this character <laughs> on screen. And when when I, there was rumours of Timothy Oliphant playing Cobb Van, I was like, no bloody way are we getting Cobb Van uh, on screen. So, yeah, Cobb Van to... That is, one of, that is one of the most happiest I've ever been as a Star Wars fan because, like I said, just a throwaway character from a from the from a set of novels on Tatooine. When we heard Boba Fett was going to be in the Mandalorian, I thought, oh, they're not going to they're not going to do Cobb Van. They're just he's just going to turn up with his armor. But yeah, that was unbelievable. So yeah, if there's a Cobb Van figure coming out, which apparently there is, I will be picking that up. But yeah, other than that, the rear lightsaber looked uh, sick as well. They got. That got unveiled the other day, but like I said, I can't afford it until uh, the wedding is paid for. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny. Like I totally agree with you about the Marvel Legends series having like figures ready to go. Yeah, and I think it's down to the relationship between Marvel and Hasbro, and I don't think Marvel or um was tight lipped on secrets. And I honestly think it's like look at something. All right, no, like we're not going to give you anything about these figures yet until until like the show's out because because we don't want anything leaking. But it's like I get it with the child. Yeah. But then, you know, but people like Cobb Banff and stuff, like you you could have had those good to go. But like but yeah, like it, I think it's it's down it's down to the relationship and the relationship between Lucasfilm marketing and yeah and, and Hasbro. Um and it, it's not as good as Marvel Legends and if it was, they'd be selling even more Star Wars figures. Um yeah. I just got sent in a post. I ordered it ages ago actually so I forgot about it. It's um Star Wars the Black Series um gaming greats. It's from Star Wars Knights of the Republic. It is uh, Zalbar the Wookiee. Yeah. He looks awesome. I'm loving him. He's got it comes with a bowcaster, comes with a big, big sword. Um he looks really cool. Uh so yeah, he's just arrived the other day. So I'm excited for him. Glad well, he's here. That that gaming greats uh, line is good, but it really does frustrate me because it just seems they do like troopers and like offset characters, like I can't believe we haven't had like a, a Star Killer, a Bastila Shan, like you know the main characters from the games. It's it's crazy to me that we haven't got like the main characters of games. Like it's always like a trooper from the Force Unleashed, or like no offense to Zalbar, but he's not a main character in Knights of the Republic and all that. Yeah. You'd think we would have had a Bastila Shan, uh, Darth Malik, uh, Star Killer. And all that type of character yet. The figures are really cool, don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a bit weird to me how we don't have, uh, like, the Gaming Greats line doesn't have, like, the main characters from the games. <laughs> I've got some good, so, I mean, I own Jedi Knight Revan. So I've got Jedi Knight Revan in the Gaming Greats. Yeah. And I've got Darth Nihilus. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, that is that is fair. But so there's maybe a couple it's of good ones. But I do agree. There's there's a lot more. There's loads of potential. Yeah, loads of potential. Um, and like I said loads of other characters. Yes, give give us them or buy them. I just want a six inch uh, Starkiller figure for Black Series. That's all I want. <laughs> That's all I want. I think you'll get one, man. I think that'll be coming soon. It's 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 got money written all over it, so they'll do yeah. it. Hundred percent. Yeah, like some of the some of the character choices sometimes are a bit weird. Like you see some of the characters like. I remember when the Force Unleashed came out and it was just like a random resistance trooper. It's like, is that going to sell? You know what I mean? And plus, Star Wars toys in this country are non-existent when you go to the shops. Like, the only we're quite lucky to have, a, obviously, Star Action figures and all that online. But I gave up looking in, like, the Smiths of the World and all that a while back. I know they've just recently got a bunch in, but there was a point in time where there was no, there was nothing. It was like, oh, it's a bit of a waste of time going. To be fair, yeah, definitely, and I think that so that that comes down to Hasbro and distribution problems. Yeah, so I think like that's why Toys R Us failed because 
because I had nothing. That's why it collapsed in the UK and America because the distribution was shocking um, across all yeah. its lines. Uh, I've lately the past I'd probably say the past six months, um, probably a bit longer than that. Like the distribution to Smith's Toys has been really good compared to what it was. Uh, so if you want Black Series figures you, and and the Mandalorian dark sabers and things like that, you can get them in Smith's Toys. Um, so the, the distribution's gotten a lot better there. Um, yes, I'm online retailers is where yeah. it's at. You know, you've got Star Action figures to do a really good job. You've got Hasbro Pulse in the UK now. So you can sign up for Hasbro Pulse um, and buy direct from Hasbro, um, which has only just came about again in the last six months, I would say. Um, so distribution is getting a little bit better, but it, it's mainly Smith's toys or online. Um, and the, the supermarkets have a little bit in, but 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 not loads. But that's that's down to the supermarkets choosing not to stock the stuff. I think to be fair, and it's because of the bad distribution problems of the past. Like they know it's bad, so why would we risk yeah risk doing it again? So Hasbro got a long way to go to sort of make things to make things right. But they're slowly but surely starting to do some good stuff. So and to got a long, long way to go, but I hope they keep going. And to be fair, we do have Forbidden Planet. It's just I can never I'm never up in Newcastle to have a look. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, yeah, like I said, it's hugely exciting time. I said this the other day. Uh, it's a hugely exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. I think it's probably the best time ever to be a Star Wars fan. We're getting so much stuff. Like I say, we we talked a bit about Twitter earlier with Armored Best. Twitter's a bit of a hellhole, to be fair. <laughs> it is for negativity. But for every show, for a show you don't like, there'll be a show you do like. You don't have to like everything. You don't. That's the thing. We're fans and there's stuff, there's certain Star Wars stories I haven't liked, and there's, to be fair, the majority I have liked, and, but I think it's a golden age to be a Star Wars fan. We're getting a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi potentially fighting Darth Vader with Hayden Christian playing back. We're getting an Ahsoka Tano show. If you had said that when the Clone Wars movie first came out, you would have been, you would have been locked up for being crazy, because they'd be like, what? We're getting a Rogue Squadron movie. Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn is going to be in live action soon. Like It is the craziest time ever to be a Star Wars fan. And I count myself lucky. And sometimes I just wish we'd take a bit more positivity into it. You know what I mean? Like I said, me and you have chatted off air uh, about Twitter and how uh, it can be an absolute wasteland. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just wish... But I've, I've just seen the future of Star Wars with nothing but positivity... Is everything going to land? Absolutely not. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you don't like something, that's fine. But obviously, I, I just approach everything with positivity. Take, for example, Star Wars Visions that comes out next week. I'm going to be brutally honest. I've never, ever been a fan of anime. Never been a fan of anime. I've never really liked it. But I am going to watch them. And if they don't land for me, they don't land. But I will watch them and give them a fair chance. I see a lot of that these days where people will say something about something they haven't seen yet and write it off completely. So, yeah, I'm just happy that we live in an age where we're getting all this Star Wars stuff. Definitely, mate. It's a, it's a cracking time to be be a Star Wars fan. I like to say it's the golden age of Star Wars right now. Um, this era we're living in, there's a bit of Star Wars for everybody. So there might be something you don't like, but for the bits you don't like, there's certainly stuff out there that you do like. You've just got to keep your eyes open and find it because there's so much Star Wars coming. Um, but yeah, that wraps up another episode of Star Wars. Ian, where can the people find you on social media? I'm on Twitter and Instagram, all lowercase at Star Wars Ian. Uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. But on, you can find me at Jordy Jedi Pete on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Bores Star. So it's a Star Wars, but backwards at Bores Star. And you can find the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Star Wars Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Ian, a pleasure as always. Can't wait to have you back on. We will make time in our busy lives to talk more Star Wars. This Naz, may the force be with you all. And remember, always tell that to Kanja Club. Hello, Star Wars listeners. This is Savannah Odit. You might know me as host of the Dorky Diva Show with my co-host Brian Balance. I am also producer of The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, which is a Star Wars-inspired audio drama that we produced over the last year. If you love stories uh, about smugglers, courage, heroic characters, and maybe a few foes along the way, you should go to thedorkydivashow.com and listen to The Adventures of the Zolan Dart today. Shout! 
We've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Uh, temperamental. <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class? My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Gamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages as of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Pak to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though, once I received confirmation that you are interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. Well, that's not good. Is that blaster fire I hear? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon. <laughs>